Is it some devil that crawls inside of you? So I'm really not getting any like anxiety or panic now. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. What day is it? Fucking Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Have you had any Sunday scaries today? I kind of felt like I had the Sunday angries today. Yeah, me too. Dude, what the fuck? I think it was in the air because my coworker said she was angry too. She just like woke up like that. And we were just like every interaction we had to have with a customer was just so fucking annoying well customers are fucking annoying anyways i try not to be an annoying customer but every Mm -hmm. once in a while i realize oh there was an annoying customer in here before me and it ruined you for me the customer and that shit sucks do you ever do that you ever like um i was nice and polite and gentle and amazing and they were an absolute twat no wonder karens exist yeah they just run into enough of those like snarky little like dumb teenagers i feel like that happened at starbucks more than anything you you feel like the attitude from the baristas like Mm, no i mean like when i was working at starbucks i think like that would happen i would get an attitude with customers even if they were nice because someone else was yeah yeah oh no that's exactly what i'm saying yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, totally and every once in a while i'll go through somewhere and i'll go Mm -hmm. i i'm kind of done you said, Dude. I was perfectly nice to you. Why but, but, are you being I mean, that's like kind that? of like your ego too, right? Sure. It's kind of like my ego where it's like, I was so nice and I was very polite and you were not betrothed to me in that moment. What the hell, bro? Like that's kind of, so I try to yeah. like check myself when it's, the fuck? I wonder if the mics pick up like that little, I little floppy so. eared fuck. I mean- what mics? <laughs> um, Just two dudes having a conversation. That's right, bro. Um, October 23rd, 23 days in to Sober October. And it feels great. Yeah, you like really took to it this year. I will, mm-hmm. First of all, I did not expect you to do it. And every time you say you're going to do it, I'm like, yeah, everyone says. They're like, I, know, oh, I feel th- like doing that. And then it's like October 4th because they can't even fucking pay attention. Yeah. And they're just like. Uh, uh, too late. And it's like, just don't drink the rest of the month. It's, yeah. Don't smoke weed the rest of the month, whatever. Well, it's, it's not just hard. like with a diet or not a diet, like when you're trying to do a lifestyle change or anything like that, r- even if you mess up instead of being like, well, I already fucked up. So, oh, well. Off to the races, yeah. you know, and just You derail. should just restart. Just. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I think that the fact that you don't take sober October as serious for me as you do yourself was like another motivation to be like, why does he keep being like, Oh, it's not a big deal if you don't do it. Because like, to me it is. And I don't think that I've ever backed out of sober October. Once I said I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. Like once I've committed and started it, I haven't been like, actually. Yeah. You know what? And I haven't either. I've never done that where I've had done a cop out or like slipped up, which here the the thing is too about like when I say it's okay if first of all it's no one's business 
if you yeah, do but it's or not don't okay do for me. No, 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 I'm just in the general milieu of like people, just like because I know people that are like, oh no, uh, I already you know already missed it. Oh, it's the tenth, and uh, I was drunk. Whatever. It's the th- point of doing like challenges and those things that kind of challenge your resolve is that you're gonna fuck up. You mm-hmm. are going to make mistakes. You are not gonna do everything in life first try. Yeah. And the perseverance to go. I got to get back on that uh, horse or whatever. I got to re- give it another go mm-hmm. is what you're learning. Yeah. So if it was difficult for me, like it, it's always like a little like, oh man, I want to go out for a drink. I mean, drinking, it sounds like fun for like the first nine days. Like even Ali said, she was like, uh, your posts about n- not drinking make you look like a pansy. Yeah. And I, it was fucking hilarious. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, that's why I did it is cause like I need that feedback. Right. Yeah, but not a lot of people are going to be honest, like some. Well, and that's that's why you really got to value those friends that are willing to step well, on your. Also, toes we don't have a lot of friends that are. Period. Completely, right. what? Period. Don't have a lot of friends. You're right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but we don't have a lot of friends that are totally sober, like they are. I mean, and it's not even like she's sober in a sense that she drank and then got sober. She just never drank. And I feel like it's nice to have that balance of people in your life and maybe even more people like that because we're so surrounded by people that drink all the time. It is a really nice change of pace when you can socialize with someone and they're just interested in something else. Yeah. Because first of all, you're going to have a different interaction. Conversation is going to be different. Might be a lot better. Might be funnier. And it, I think it just makes you sharper. Makes You'll you a also person. usually always remember your interactions with them. Yeah, that's true. It, that's one thing, you know, and not not to take away the, so I think sometimes if life is too tumultuous, you need some interactions you want to forget. And that's one thing about drinking. One good thing about uh, the memory loss that comes in, uh, you probably do entertain something stupid from drinking. Good thing you don't remember it because you can go to work the next day or mm, go to work see, on Monday. See, that's where my anxiety will stem after I've drank. If I think that I possibly did something embarrassing but it's like foggy in my memory and I can't quite recall yeah uh that's when I like get a little anxious I get super anxious because I'm like oh god I never want to see them again what did I say what did I do see that's fair I get that I've had that I've done that it's really uh I think that's one of the things that toughen you up and make you like a, a experienced drinker or like mm. not an experienced drinker, but a person who can handle themselves when they have a drink or two. You know what I mean? You're not saying things. Some, something because I pretty much had to give up all my hobbies and interests and pursuits this this summer mm-hmm. because of my back injury. Yeah. Um, and for those of you like Lola here, don't have one herniated disc. I have four herniated discs. It is four times as much as I thought it was, <laughs> which explains why it is four times as painful as anything else I've ever done um, or had inflicted on me pain-wise. So that's why I've just been drinking for the last four months. Um, but yeah, uh, it kind of, because I was doing it more regularly, mm-hmm. I was kind of getting like more regular acting. Because, you know, when you drink once in a while, you're like, yeah, you get to let loose and be free. And you get to, you know, be a weird ass and fucking say things you don't usually say and talk to people you wouldn't usually talk to or whatever. You know, open your mind to, what is that? That, well. Lola. 
if if that's her, that was Lola, not me, because that's disgusting. <laughs> I wasn't smacking my gums into the mic. Uh, maybe not this time. Yeah. Um. So I kind of like learned to like conduct myself a little more normally, and something that I kind of noticed. I was making some notes here mm-hmm. before he walked up, and being sober the short weeks it's been mm-hmm. short like two or three weeks it i i'm not really social not really as sociable i you know i'm way more going into the uh self-checkout lane mm-hmm. i'm you know just just skipping by i'm not as friendly in interactions i noticed like i'm very like short and brief and i'm like that's all i need and bye really and, and i don't know but there there is uh, kind of a flip where it's like if there's someone I might know personally, I might sit down, talk to them a little longer, maybe mm-hmm. listen to them a little closer. Mm-hmm. So there's that. There's a more general, like what I'm drinking, I think mm-hmm. it's just, ah, cool. Just, you know, same with everyone, you know, more, more social, more like what's going on, what's yeah. going here. You know, I get like have the liquid courage to just open my big fat mouth with uh, something I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like this person can be a nobody to me, but I'm thinking something about them, whether it's yeah. like a judgment call or like, you know, curiosity. And then I'm asking them, talking to them and I'm just so not in the mood for any of that shit right yeah. now. I'm just like, pass, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm spending my time more wisely and like my interactions are more, um, quality. Were you just stealing that because I was yeah, like motioning that? because I couldn't think of the word. But I, I, or I, a word. I wasn't trying to cut you off or step on your comment, but I do feel like I'm having more quality interactions. There are fewer inter- over interactions overall, but like just kind of sit, sitting at home for the weekend and not going out, blowing money. It, it, it really... I can't believe how much money I've saved just not drinking. Because mm-hmm. I'm just uh, like payday came and I was like oh shit yeah me too like just going out in general because I mean also I would I feel like it's not just the drinking yeah because then you go out and eat or and then then you're more impulsively buy something like oh I want to go get a pack of smokes or something I would never usually do or you know drunk six don't count Mm -hmm. (laughs) until you get lung cancer or emphysema or COPD I heard that's the same thing you know what might be by golly it just might be (laughs) Um, have you felt like a more mental clarity? Cause you seem like a lot more receptive to humor. Yeah, like, I'm humor. amazing. I'm you all, you're, so, uh, yeah, you're so amazing. I get it. I can laugh at your jokes. No, 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 Seriously. My favorite thing about this whole month is you are so much more easygoing, which I thought it would be the opposite. Uh, yeah. I don't know why, why you think it would be the opposite because I feel like for the most part I don't think just in in general regardless of what people try to convince you alcohol does not make anyone a better person fair have you met someone that you're like I like them better on alcohol no I've met people that I find easier to talk to if we're probably both drinking yeah, that's but the same thing. then yeah then it's like they're not really someone I care to actually be around, obviously, if that has to be the setup of the interaction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel like a lot 
better in honestly every type of way like mentally I feel like I'm this is like the first time in probably years where I've been able to like stay on track with goals that I'm trying to reach oh yeah because you've been you cut out gluten yeah like yeah because I'm not supposed to be eating gluten and for the last couple years I just kind of threw that to the wind and especially not like the american gluten where it's like really gonna fuck you up yeah and um yeah so i cut that out at the same time as doing as starting sober october because i knew that it would be easier because a lot of times when you're drinking you're like i need taco bell or whatever you know it's just like out of convenience and I've been able to stick with that and I feel so much better. Um, I mean, and I think mine's a mix of everything, obviously, because the gluten causes a lot of the same mental fog and all of that kind of stuff that drinking does. Yeah, like the inflammation. Yeah, hangover. I guarantee that if I just stopped drinking but was still eating the way that I was prior, I wouldn't feel as good as I do. I think it was the combination of everything. And another thing too is almost all things that contain gluten are processed food. You're not getting whole food. You're not getting healthy stuff. You're not getting nutritious, bioavailable food. You're getting like packaged, like mishmashed food. And Mm -hmm. that's not made by hand. It's not made from scratch. It's not made from, you know, select ingredients. It's made from industrial yeah. capitalism honey oh she's being so cute yeah. Lola's sleeping in my lap um yeah but I've been able to not eat gluten I've been eating healthier I've been just like moving more I think with going to like a workout class and then just getting out and like doing stuff like taking her to the dog park taking her on a walk going and doing something rather than just yeah. like sitting in bed and also having her has been really nice because it is such a motivating reason to do something it and it helps me get out of bed yeah. for sure and it's so it's so nice to have like a little buddy to do stuff with yeah i notice that when i get in the car now and i don't have her with me i'm like this is sad <laughs> you where is she dog next to you. yeah like i almost get like i'm like oh I'm anxious. It definitely takes me out of my own head. I feel a lot more um, probably introspective and maybe a little gloomier and a little more grouchy when she's not around. Yeah. Agreed. She's the best. But yeah, I feel really good. And I don't think I'm going to stop. Wait. I I don't think I'm going to stop not drinking, (laughs) at least for a while longer. I I just think that I'm trying to do it in a way where I'm just not putting any pressure on it whatsoever. I'm not like, as soon as October 31st hits or as soon as November 1st hits, I'm going to have that drink. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like, let it just happen naturally. And when it comes, it comes. Yeah. And not have it be like a forced thing because I almost feel... I'm sure we've used this word a thousand times and there's probably a better word, but I almost feel a bit of like anxiety towards the month being over of like not having that excuse of like, oh, this is why I'm not drinking this month. It's kind of easy when it's a requirement. Like you feel like obligated. Yeah. And because I don't, I didn't like how I was 
last month or multiple months prior and I'm really enjoying myself right now and I don't want to slip so quickly back into my old habits. Hey, I'm enjoying you too. Thanks. So, yeah, I'm just trying to maintain and I'm just trying to be really nice to myself and remind myself that I'm in a much better place than I have been for a really long time and that I should keep it up because I could probably get even better than where I'm at right now. Yeah, really reach that like potential and kind of just see this might just be the tip of the iceberg. So Yeah. I like that a lot. I feel very present. Yeah, me too. And I was honestly getting almost a little sad when I was re- realizing how close we are to like the end of October. Yeah. It's like we got one more week. Yeah. That's well, kind of wild. We could do what my friend Cheyenne is doing where she's doing sober October, but she is having a Halloween party. So she's drinking at her Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And then once that's over, she's continuing to do essentially sober November until Thanksgiving. Then mm. she'll drink at Thanksgiving. Then she's going to continue to be sober until Christmas. And she said she'll let herself drink at Christmas. I mean, of course she doesn't have to. Maybe she'll change her mind and she won't want a drink then. But I like that though. You're like, I need to drink. There's going to be yeah, family yeah. around. But I mean, you could try that out. The, honestly, not a bad idea. I like the sound of that. I was trying yeah. to kind of communicate with myself and say, maybe even like compromise, like, when could I or should I? And I even wrote down here that I I don't think I should drink any time ever until I've done something for myself that is good or that will counterbalance in yeah. the positive. Yeah. You know, and a big part of it is sitting down and, and writing more. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, if I want to go for a drink or go drinking, I have to sit down and write. And I think that it would be much more productive. Yeah. Use it as like a reward. Use it as like a reward or have the writing become the reward. And then mm-hmm. the, get like you get the drinking out of the way and then I'm looking forward to writing the next time. Almost. Like, that sounds like a slippery slope. <laughs> like... Maybe I'm misunderstanding. Like, you know, write, then drink, and then go, oh, cool, I get to write again. Or maybe even look back at it. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. You know, but um, I think something that George Carlin, I heard George Carlin used to do when he would write is he would jot everything down sober, and then he would revise it when he was stoned. Mm. And it, like, brought different things to him, and it really, like peppered in some things and I was like well shit maybe the drinking will do that because you have the thoughts obviously you shouldn't drink every time you write and then if I become a sure. consistent writer or writing well, every day drinking's not the way like, to do it I, I, I'm not I, trying to turn into the 1980s Stephen <laughs> King over here where I, he's like Pet cemetery. I didn't even know I wrote that why is it in a fucking shoebox over here I feel like being stoned makes more sense but I feel like drunk is different not drunk <laughs> A drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also remember when you used to say, like, I don't remember who you got this from, but that you should never drink. Or maybe you didn't say this. I don't know. That you should never drink when you're upset. Like, drinking should only be something you do. I think, never mind. I think this was something I said because I got it from somewhere. Okay. It should only be used as a celebratory thing. 
and you should never drink when you're upset or because you're feeling sorry for yourself or because you had a bad day. If you're going to have a drink, it should be because you're celebrating something or you're excited about something. Do you feel like you can get excited again? Like, do you feel excited? Yeah, that's been a big thing for me is I think a combination of so many things in my life, like losing my dad and just my mental health um, and not taking care of myself have not allowed me to feel like that. Reward system. Well, it's just not allowed me to feel that excitement of that you have when you're a kid or you're a teenager. I mean, I think I it's think like raw. normal people have it too, but <laughs> I just haven't felt that. It was like I knew that I knew to be excited about something and I could tell you like, "Oh yeah, I'm excited. That's going to be fun." I could look forward to it, but I didn't have that feeling. It was just like there was like that a numbness or a dullness where the emotion should be and okay I, I relate to that because you always ask if you're always wondering if I'm excited to do anything because yeah. we'll go be going somewhere see a concert see a comedian be going doing something and you're like are you even okay like is this good that we're doing this and I'm like yeah what are you what are you talking mm-hmm. about this is, this is awesome I love this yeah. <laughs> let's to do more of this but I don't I just show it in a funny way I guess yeah so yeah you know that could be. I think I might feel it more deeply myself though yeah. excitement mm-hmm. you I think you had actually said this that's right the other night with yeah Chris I did. Nally. yeah yeah because I I just feel like I have kind of gained that um feeling or emotion again which has been super nice and I also feel like that's really rewarding because it's just another level of like feeling like I'm truly experiencing things again and that I'm enjoying it and like soaking it in rather than it just being something that I get through and then forget about. Um, yeah, I've been excited for a lot of things. Like my friend Cheyenne and I did a cooking class and it was super cute, but I felt genuinely excited. Like that little like butterfly ish feeling in your stomach you get. Um, and same for like the new Taylor Swift album coming out. Like I was like, That's oh cool. God, like I was like, this is so cool. Like I have something to look forward to. I have a whole new like It's a good feeling. Album that I can learn all the words to. It was just very excited. I feel excited for Halloween. I feel excited for like things coming up. Like I have that again, which is nice because I it has been a long time since feeling it I think and it feels very genuine I'm happy to hear that makes me uh, feel very hopeful for just like the future and being better about taking care of ourselves yeah me too because that's like to me is the most important thing yeah I think that this sober October came at the perfect time and I know I, I at least really needed it, but I feel that it's been good for both of us. And I, it feels different than other ones. Like I feel like I, I needed an excuse to take me out of what I, the habits that I was in. And now I'm like 
launching myself forward in a very positive direction. Yeah, previous previous ones were easy. I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, I have to be sober. Like before, it's like I didn't drink every night after work. Yeah. I didn't drink throughout the week. You know, sometimes I just drink in the weekends or once in a while, and, and it's like I wouldn't smoke weed. And before, I wouldn't even take it seriously enough to buy weed, let alone be smoking it routinely. So yeah, I just. It was a little different. I think we're just in a different place in in life where, mm-hmm. first of all, we have the freedom to go. You work at a bar. You're a fucking bartender. Yeah. So that's kind of like a difficult hurdle for me to like when I visit you, I want to see you, I want to get a beer and then I can get I can see you after work. Stop right off the exit. Say hi. Have a drink. It's so easy. It's just yeah. built in. Or it's like, oh, I'm going to Lompoc. I can go to my favorite place, Cold Coast Brewing, who just won bronze in the Great American Beer Festival, I, th- I believe. That's awesome. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I love those guys. Mike, Eric, They Jason. haven't even been open for a year, have they? They um, I don't know, actually. Yeah, no, I have no idea. I don't think so. No, yeah, definitely have. not a year yeah. because just this year I was doing that podcast with um, Nate? Max uh, oh. in the in the back there oh, of yeah. Cold Coast. Mm-hmm. So that's, I know it hasn't been a year. That's awesome. That's really impressive. Yeah. I was really bummed too because the first time I went in there as October started, didn't even say a word. Nate handed me a full glass of their brown mm-hmm. ale which is my favorite and they've been out of for like hmm. two months i was dying i wanted it so bad and uh, it was that was like the fuck <laughs> oh this is gonna be hard i cannot do this that's how you know it. you have a problem well it's just so good i don't have a problem i just when something's so good you can't just rationalize denying yourself Right? Sure. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I don't even remember the last time I got like shit faced where I was like stumbly drunk. You know what I mean? Or like thrown yeah, up drunk. But I don't like, think, I don't, that's now you're just trying to justify. Let's not get into the semantics. Oh, okay. We don't have to. I'm just saying, can't wait for a brown, a brown ale at Cold Coast. Shout out to them love those guys mm-hmm. it's also one of the social aspects to it is kind of built in and really difficult you're like why wouldn't i want to go do the thing where i walk through a door look to my left look to my right and i know people and they say hi and they, maybe it's someone i haven't seen in a while and then you know you either reconnect or you just see someone and you feel good again because you're like oh yeah like you're here and then and then again obviously there is that like oh my god it's you again or oh mm-hmm. my god this fucker's here again that's that's when you, when you start recognizing people everywhere you go to drink that's probably a problem yeah but it's a bit of a mixed bag when you're in a small town like Lompoc or Los Alamos where those are the only places you're going to see anyone you know because this is the place you know everyone you know it can be a little tricky can be a little it'd be a little like shit yeah am i seeing you because we're alcoholics or am i seeing you because this is the only place to go in town that isn't completely shitty yeah (sighs) i don't know 
Probably a little bit of both. Definitely a little little bit of both. But mm-hmm. uh cool thing about Cold Coast too is they have some non alcoholic beers there too, which is which is nice. They have that athletic whatever the fuck one that uh we are Ashley got me a bunch of cases of yeah shout out shouts these are also good too the Lagunitas I th- I always think it says IHOP does it not look like it says IHOP yeah yeah the hop hoppy refresher these things are pretty good not mad at them I like it zero alcohol zero calories gluten free zero carbs no sugar there's, there's just potassium in it nice yeah, and I mean, not even a lot. Fucking 2% of your daily value. You'll probably piss that out before you even get, absorb any. Awesome. Yeah, I like these a lot. Those Heineken ones are great, too. They, To me, almost indistinguishable. Actually, sure. I, I want to do a taste test. That's what something I want to do is I want to get a regular Heineken, a Heineken Zero, have them back-to-back, see which, or even do a blind taste test and see which one is like... We should do that. Yeah, I'd do that. That'd be nice. I mean, not me, because, you know. Oh, yeah, you're pure. The gluten. Perfect. Well, it's actually a gluten-reduced beer, so, you you know, take, like, a Pepsi or whatever. You'll be all right. <laughs> My back's hurt less, I've noticed. Like, less intensely. It's yeah. still there. It's still chronic. Of course. It's I mean, still, you have you know, four herniated discs. It's four, not going to go one. But Two. that was something that I thought for you, because, you know, alcohol does cause inflammation. And And to me, I was like, there's no way that... I, I don't even know. I think that that's one of the parts where it's like, this is literally just the alcohol taking over for your thoughts. Yeah. I know that alcohol causes inflammation. Yeah. I know that it's inflammatory sugar. All this is bad for you. And it's not helpful to do if you're injured and recovering from something. But to me, I was like, um, it's been four or five months. I can probably drink a little and still recover. It's not going to take everything away. But I think it was compiled with having the the NSAID uh, reflex, mm-hmm. whatever it's called, where where you take ibuprofen, you take um, Aleve or whatever these non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are, where you take them enough that your body just <laughs> becomes inflamed as mm-hmm. a default anyways, and it no longer works, and it becomes actually like a contributor to a lot of the pain you have and i was taking that shit like candy like clockwork like all the fucking time which i haven't in many 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 you know me i won't do a tylenol do a tylenol (laughs) i won't do that hard shit you know if i have a headache or anything like i'll 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 be like let me get some food let me get some water or something i'll feel better or a beer um It was, to me, that was like me, like going over the deep ends, like, uh, oh, he's addicted to a leave and drinking. And Uh just also when you take a leave that much and you drink, I'm pretty sure you just black out. No. There was just something just like skipping. Like I was just like, huh. I don't. I think that you were just drinking a lot, bud. Well, and blacking out. There's no way you can't be it, the Aleve on be the bottle on says that you're not supposed to have more than three alcoholic beverages when you're taking it, but that doesn't have anything. It, it's not because and I've, you're going to black out. And I was out. taking so much yes. that there wasn't but enough out of my system before I had three alcoholic drinks. That's not what drinks. the warning is for. It's for because it's really hard on your liver and your stomach. Which is really weird because I got told I had a great liver. Like great well, li- liver enzymes. No, That's uh, good, yeah. There's no... um. 
like fatty signs of fatty liver or anything. That's good. So, oh, you also don't want to keep pushing it until there are. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying like now I can, I know I'll be good for a little bit. <laughs> I know I got some wiggle room, <laughs> some tequila room. That's my. That's your tamale timer. Tamale timer. Oh, all right. Go ahead. Okay. We'll take a break. What kind of tamales you make? Pork and chicken. And so carnitas and pollo? Pollo. Nice. Yeah. These are from the cooking class you took? Yes. Let's sh- shout out to Grandma Ingrid's cooking classes in AG. It's the cutest thing I've ever done. Everyone should sign up, although I don't think they need any more publicity because I've heard that almost all their classes sell out super quick. What's AG? Oh, Arroyo Grande. That's right, Arroyo Grande, Central Coast, California. Yeah. San Luis County, Slow That's County. One. Also, county known for the um, murder of Kristen Smart and conviction of, well, Paul Flores. Flores. I think Monterey County convicted him. Or is it Kings County? It was Monterey County. Oh. In Stockton? Stockton's in Monterey County? No. That's where Kristen was born. Oh, I thought the. That's where her family lives. That's right. I don't know what's going on with that stuff anyways. <laughs> yeah, but the cooking class was so cute. I want us to do one. Like, it is such a cute date idea. It is a cute date idea. And also just the warm. It. It's so nice to just meet nice people. And they were so such sweet people and such a cool little, like, family. I felt like I was back in Tennessee. Oh, they were white? Yeah. Or black? No, they were white. But it had nothing to do with that. More just like their family values and the the home cooking of it all. Yeah, just felt like Because I feel like Mexican culture here. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on one second. Speaking of, are Mexicans chewing the mic cable? You better stop. Hey. No. I got off. Perfect. Okay. Sorry about that. Technical difficulty. Um, anyways, Mexican culture, families cook, families cook together. You know, moms teach their daughters how to cook. I, I think that's all really nice. They cook on holidays. They make the tamales together. Yeah, I didn't even know until I was a goddamn adult that tamales were like a holiday-centered thing. Yeah, and then, but I feel like over here on the West Coast, White people, white families, they don't give a fuck about cooking. And they certainly don't really give a fuck about like family traditional cooking or like teaching your family to cook or or cooking all together. Yeah. I don't feel like that's as much as, of a thing. And it was in Tennessee. Like I, I remember friends and family, like it was really nice to, you know, show. I, I had a friend who lived like on a farm. And like her mom showed us how to cook a lot, use stuff from the farm. And it was really nice. I can't wait to arrive at a place in our life where the majority, if not completely what we're putting into our bodies is something like we're uh, providing. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be and not just providing via grocery so store, cool. but like something that is provided like a lot more farm to table. Yeah. Whether it's our farm our ranch whichever it is yeah to have that i think that's a 
something that I really want to implement mm-hmm. in life and have Me a too. lifestyle for. Me too. I want a little garden and I want chickens and and I want a, a cow fucking so merc coyotes that come anywhere butter. near us and yeah yeah there you go mm-hmm. yeah but um the this family was just very cool like they were super helpful super welcoming and actually one of their main things and something that grandma ingrid herself taught a lot um before they started doing this was how to stretch your food dollar Mm. so they and and just how to be extremely resourceful and also how to um like save food or make food last long proper food storage and safety and all of that and i think that's so cool because that's not anything that i learned growing up hell no i've learned Same you know here. i've learned things here and there from obviously working in food service industry like having to take those classes you learn about food safety but not like food storage how to pickle stuff how to dry stuff yeah there's people who are like actually prepared for the food shortages instead of how to make how to home make things and then like store it all that like that's so cool that is such an incredible skill to have um, it's probably so rewarding. It is. Oh, oh, totally. And that's, I just feel like you could sense that. Like, they, I just loved the, I loved the vibes that yeah. they were giving off. Uh-huh. But that's something that I would love to do is even taking this tamale class. Like, I was thinking as I was, as they were teaching, I was like, wow, this would be so cool for me to make like around Christmas time. Like, and I would feel so good at the thought that like, I took this class, I learned how to make them and now I'm making them for my family. Isn't that so nice? That's kind of how I feel like with how rewarding life can be in something. Man, I just, just this whole past year is really, I think I've learned a lot and Mm -hmm. learned a lot about myself too, not to be so like, after school special but hey that's what life's all about right? it really is and i think just kind of reaching potentials yeah really opening my eyes yeah you know, being able to provide people electricity or like making you know just little things that used to be common sense just like packaging food saving food food storage like yeah people just used to learn basic electrical in high school i know i feel like like what the f- I was looking at a post I made after high school and it was like these are the things I learned how to sleep sitting straight up huh. the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell being yourself will not actually get you a girlfriend and <laughs> uh, that the where to hide when there's a school shooter like I didn't learn anything about taxes I didn't learn anything about um, yeah. writing a check I didn't learn how to you know file taxes I didn't know anything about real estate or how to um, make a down payment or, or orchestrate anything that is actually something I had to learn and everyone just makes you feel so stupid so when you're an adult and you're like oh, your parents are yeah, like how do you not know this and I'm like how the f- how are you functioning yeah and I'm just it's like, like- well, I was waiting for someone me? to teach me just like everything else they made me fucking yeah, learn how did bullshit. You guys, that, that's, that's how I feel about a lot of things because I think as I've gotten older, I'm realizing how much I have to fucking learn and how much I don't know. And I'm finally getting to that age where 
it's like, oh yeah, you don't know everything. Just because you're 26, you still don't know shit. So then I'm looking at people even younger than me and I'm like, seriously? Like I'm finally getting to that old person stage. Not really, but to that stage where you're like, no, really, you don't know anything yet. And I remember my dad used to tell me that all the time. Like, I know it's annoying, but I'm older and I just know. I just know more than you do. It's and heartbreaking. Like, no, you don't. That's what, he, and, and you know what? And that's why you find out people, the reasons people have crow's feet. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. The more you feet, the more you shit. know. Yeah. yeah. But really, I'm like, you don't know fucking shit because I don't even know shit. And I'm not a stupid person and I like to learn things. But I there's so much that I have to learn, which is also exciting. It is. And I also I'm, feel that I'm finally at a place where I want to learn things. Yeah, where was this person when I was in school? I when know. I, when I was in school, all I wanted to do was fucking rip my face off. Yeah. I hated being there. Learning was bullshit. I was like, I'm smarter than everyone in this class. They're stupid. And then the dumb kids would get better grades than me because I didn't take it seriously. And then that hurt. And now I'm like... An actual like autonomous adult, and I yeah. feel like my actual what it is for me has been the Stratera. That's so, for, sure. in the last year the reason I think I've been so like. But the fact that you were even that you even came to the conclusion that you wanted to do something to help yourself be a more focused human being is a is a huge thing in itself. It is. I came to this conclusion about 12 years ago. It just took that long <laughs> to finally talk to a doctor. Okay. So. Well, but you know what I'm saying is like, yeah, that was course. the first step and you did that without the medication. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously it's been a huge help and you need that and that's good. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, but I think that about you a lot too, just because I've watched you change and grow so much that like, I seriously sometimes just sit there and I'm like, dang, if Dallas that I met could see himself now, like you are such a different person. I mean, there are so many things about you that are just you. Maintained, yeah. Yeah, that are who you are, but you have changed. I don't think I've ever seen anyone change as much as I've seen you change. And it's been really cool. And I'm really proud of the person that you are. And I love you. I love you too. Thank you. And it's because I, I mean, something I've always appreciated about you aside from maybe like one year in our relationship (laughs) is that you do like changing and you always seem to be trying to find a way to make yourself a better person. And I think that's a rare thing or people don't know how to do it and they don't or they give up. I don't know. But but you you don't. You are very willing to change and um it's nice to be with a partner like that because it's not a scary thing cuz you hear like change like change being such a scary thing in relationships cuz usually there's distance created and I don't feel like that's ever happened between us even if there is like for a little bit it's just like growing pains and we adjust and learn from each other. And that's really cool. I mean, I mean, the thing is change is really scary, but I've also seen how scary it can be when people don't change and when things don't change and when they stagnate Totally. and 
growing pains are painful, but the loneliness of being without someone is Mm -hmm. way more painful. Like it, it truly is a whole lot of my philosophy has come down to which difficulty do you want? Do you want like the difficulty of being fat, out of shape, loser, can't stand to look at himself in the mirror? Or do you want to have the difficulty of being more squared away with your diet and physical activity? Yeah. And I like who I am when I'm disciplined enough to choose the path of resistance, the Mm -hmm. path of difficulty that I know is going to be, it's going to be better for me in the long run. Yeah. And I didn't do that for a long time. I didn't understand that. I didn't put any faith into it. And I put a whole lot of, uh, energy into negative directions or just empty directions. Mm -hmm. And it was very directionless and it was super difficult to find something that I would put my all into and put energy towards. And, um, Felt that. <laughs> there's been a couple things that, uh, I was seeing results in and yeah. it made me realize that I and myself and myself alone is the person I need to rely on and to push and pursue a better place I want to be. Yeah. It's funny because this will probably come off wrong, but just just truly how I felt. I think just as a woman, I have always felt like, oh, I mature quicker than you do, of course. And I'm emotionally um, and just in general, like more um, adapted than you are. (laughs) I mean, and it's funny because that maybe used to be the case where like I got a job quicker than you did. I like maybe had more responsibilities in in the beginning of our adulthood Mm. quicker than you did. Yeah. However, I think you surpassed me (laughs) and I really got stuck and have been struggling for a long time with like, oh, what is my direction? What am I doing? I don't know. And, And not feeling like essentially I can complete anything I I felt like very useless and like even things that I really wanted for myself, I couldn't, I couldn't achieve them for myself on my own. And I think you had that realization a while ago and a lot sooner than I did in your younger adulthood. And it's been really good for you. Like you have, I think, done a lot of cool things with the jujitsu and your podcast and being in the shape you want to be in and having a great career and you know climbing up in that career and I was just stuck and I still kind of am but I also feel like I finally am just doing little things where I'm like oh I can do it it's not necessarily easy and it takes effort but it also feels really good it does it It feels feels so good good. like I finally feel like I don't know what I thought those little things were gonna feel like (sighs) or like what it was I don't know if I was like oh if I I have to make this much money and then it'll feel like I'm doing something and that maybe was like the only thing I could see or or think would be of value but I think I'm seeing there's so many other little things that you can do and achieve and goals you can set for yourself. And if you just, if you just do it, it really does feel good. And it's almost exciting 
to keep realizing like it's like completing a puzzle where you're like, it's hard to get going, but once you get going, it just kind of keeps falling into place. And you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is perfect. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it can seem a little monotonous, but once you sift through the pile, you will find a connection between some two pieces or two components of your life. And then you just build off of that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're gonna be like, oof, I need a break. And you'll take a break, come back to it. You know, everyone needs a little break and sometimes it's a little easier for others. And so you just gotta find your strengths. And I know that's so like, oh my God, here we go again. Fucking find your strengths. What are they? You know, it's super uh, stereotypical or like, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Yeah, thank you, cliche. And, um, but there are things that I'm finding like, oh, I have strengths in this way. I will use those to my advantage and show them. And Mm -hmm. being open, being receptive to new things, I think has been such a valuable and hard lesson learned. Yeah. Because when I was a kid and when I was growing up, I wanted to do what I wanted to do and nothing else. And it was not good, was not helpful. I look back and I go, I should have stayed in sports. I should have tried harder in skateboarding. I Mm should have focused in school. Like there was all of these little things and all of these little, I I was not a very disciplined kid, whether it was for my parents, from the adults around me, um, or just for my peers. Yeah. And I didn't know how to. We've had this conversation. That's like, I mean, that's how I feel too. It's like. I think it's it's something we really relate on heavily. I wish that we could have learned that in our young or in our childhood. Yeah, then we could be like millionaire CEOs right now. Yeah, but unfortunately for whatever reason, past life trauma or something, we were, um, we have been forced to learn it in adulthood, which I think is a little harder um, because. I'm even more stubborn now. Yeah, but also just like, because you, you see all these people around you and you're like, but how are they at that point in their life? Like, how are they there? And I'm here and I cannot figure out how to like break that wall down Mm. to do what I need to, to get where they're at. Not that I'm trying to like, not even in a competitive type of way or like a, just, just for myself. Yeah. Just, just for, and, and you do compare no matter sure, what, but, it's, it's impossible like not to sometimes. Not feeling good about where you're at in life and not being happy where you're at in life for yourself and being like, how, how are they where I want to be? Like, what did they do and how come I cannot figure it out? I think that, um, and, and I lost my train of thought. Sometimes I'd see people doing things and it looked like they were like really going far. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want to do that. That sounds miserable. Mm-hmm. When I look at that, that does not seem like happiness. That is not a goal I want to be reaching or be met. And I used to like, like something that still kind of fucks me up is I will see people go do things uh-huh. like for vacation or mm-hmm. something, or they'll go do like adventures. And I'm like, how much money did that fucking cost you? Yeah. That blows my mind. Cause when I was growing up, there was no vacations. We Same. didn't. We did not go on family vacations. There was no big outings. There was two times. I will give my family that. There was two big times. It was great. 
Uh, we went to Disneyland nice. and we went to Universal Studios. Nice. That was, that was it. Yeah. There, Same. there, there was no big camping trip. There was no out of state trip. There was no big road trip. There was no RV. There was no, you know, like we yeah, had we didn't to, even go like out of the city to see family on holidays. <laughs> that's depressing. We did that. We definitely um, did that. Wow. That's sorry. I'm better than you. Yeah. Um, it's that love I had maybe pushed me along a little, a little further. Maybe I I've got to get the tamales out. I'll get the tamales. Well, sorry. I'll come back. That was fast by the way. Yeah. Um, how are the tamales? I think they're perfect. I'm excited to eat them. I'm excited to have some too. What does chicken say? Chicken? Lola. We call her chicken for everyone that doesn't know. Thank you. No thoughts. Um, well, that we is a chihuahua that. for you. Um, just one more thing on the uh, whole like philosophy part of it, of like progress uh-huh. we've made is I think you kind of adapted this too and it really... Is something I'm a big fan of, and I love to see the growth you've made as well. And thanks. And you know, like it's not to say that you will not also just lap me or surpass whatever you think I'm working on. I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like it. It's it's definitely achievable. Because same thing that I do. I just look at someone and I go, that knucklehead can do it. I can (laughs) fucking do it. You know? Yeah. I'm also not trying to make it a competition. I just was like, that helps me sometimes though. When I look at someone and I go, okay, fuck face idiot pants did it. I'm, Uh I'm like twice as smart and two times and two times as handsome. Hmm. So, you know, I'm like, damn, I could definitely do this. Mm -hmm. So I've never been very competitive. I think that if anything, it just made me really insecure. And instead of um, that being like a motivator to figure it out, it kind of caused more issues and kept me down for a while, which I mean, that's my own doing. Of course I let it keep me down. And I think hopefully now I can, I I say, I think a lot, but I, I think (laughs) I can take that experience that I've had now and hopefully that will never happen again. And so I don't get insecure and I just say, oh, I want to do that too. That's a really, you know, that brings me to like this point that I want to make. I know how bad it feels to not compete. And I know that it would feel so much better Mm -hmm. to just be in second place or lose compared to not competing because I've sat by the sidelines of life before and watched people succeed and watch people kick ass. And I've also participated and done worse than I thought, uh, than I wanted to. And I guarantee the doing worse than I wanted to felt so much, so much, so much better than not fucking doing anything, sitting on the bench of life. Yeah. And and you're, you're right. Because, um, that's gotta be a philosophy in that atomic habits book. I'm sure. Oh, I believe it. I looked, that's so crazy. I looked it it dead ass in the fucking spine as I was walking up here to do this. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I guess that's my mom's copy. Um, I, you are so right. And actually I think that you just saying that is something that will really stick with me. I've been trying to live my life a little more with that philosophy, not even in like, in like achieving things, but also just doing things and having experiences. Like, 
uh, I have like been cooking class with your friend. Yeah. That's really nice. Or going to the comedy store last yeah. minute because I was invited and like, why not when yeah. you have and a free I, and ticket? I want, and, and I was pushing you yeah. to it because that's exactly what I, but I've know. had such a hard time doing that because I, I mean, that's just something that I was born with is just the overthinking and anxiety. I, I mean, I, that's genuinely, there wasn't even, I don't think a circumstance in my life that created that. I couldn't tell you that ever since I was a little kid, I was overthinking things that I shouldn't have been because I was a little kid. Like, why was I so worried about it? And um, it's not, it hasn't gotten me anywhere. <laughs> I've missed out on a lot of things. I know that. And I bring it up all the time, but it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. My dad passing away and it's your focal point. It makes yeah, a lot of it sense. Is. I mean, it, it's, it is such a focal point in my life. Um, I, th I think death will do that to a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And him, you know, in his last days going over some things that he wished that he had just done was horrible to hear, but also it was eye opening. Yeah. I think now that I can reflect on it a little more, I think that I can t choose to use it as, um, a lesson and like him giving me advice, like, Hey, just do it because what a surreal moment to know you're about to die and be like, oh, I wish I, I wish we would have just done this. I wish I would have taken time to be with my family more or not worked as much or gone to that concert that you wanted to go to or that I wanted to go to. I, you're always going to wish you had done things. It's impossible to do everything you ever wanted, but you can surely do more if you just... I mean, allow yourself to, if not for yourself, things. just do it for him because he yeah. can't do those I mean, things. Well, and, and that's, um, a huge thing that I think has helped me recently. I didn't have anyone, I didn't have anyone to do anything for aside from myself, which I don't find that very motivating. Unfortunately, I'm trying to change that narrative, yeah, but you gotta be a little more not selfish, but, uh, self-improving or self attentive. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I have, but I haven't. And so you using him as like, whether it's true or not, I try to tell myself like, he wants me to do this. And like, he, uh, he allowed this opportunity to arise so I could do it. So I need to do it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And that is, has been a, a really helpful thought for me. And just, yeah, I like it. It works. Uh, that's beautiful. Thanks. I'm really proud of you to, to see how far you've come and how you've handled uh, the process of grief with your with losing your parent Thanks. at such a young age. Thank you, honey. You know, it's never easy, I'd no. imagine. No, I have met plenty of older people who, like, recently lost their parent and they seem just as devastated. Yeah, I, I'm... I want to phrase this carefully, but I'm looking forward to talking to my friend who just lost his, his dad recently. Oh yeah. And just, uh, 
just to see, you know, if there's any like chunks of friendly wisdom that I could pluck from you mm-hmm. or even, even you can, you can do this um, and share and just, you know, just comfort a friend. I think that, I, well, it's so hard because. Not to make myself oh my sound gosh, so did amazing. Did you hear that? I said, I think, what is the deal? You know, I'm I glad hope it's, it's one not. of those things that only I'm picking up on, but I know, well, especially since it, I pointed it there's out. There's a drinking game happening right now. Someone's, well, li- li- someone's listening to this going, oh, don't sue me when you're in the hospital for alcohol poisoning. They're going to be so blacked out. They're not even going to remember. And then Perfect. someone's like, um, I think you've, and then <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, fuck. It's going to be Mr. Crab. <laughs> um, something that was very helpful for me and that would have been even more helpful had more people done it <laughs> um, is, is just l- asking me questions about my dad not about like how he died or what kind of cancer he had but questions about him or our family or our relationship or asking me to tell them a story about him or just letting me share a story or short stories not never making me feel annoying because I keep referencing him or or feeling uncomfortable because I'm talking about him because I have had that more times than you'd think which I don't I feel like people that make you feel uncomfortable for talking about a loved one that passed away have either never experienced it or have some sort of psychological issue that they need to work through. Yeah, they're probably just yeah, just probably just inexperienced or uncomfortable. They're not emotionally mature enough to handle something like that. Because and I actually read something I think unfortunately shortly after my dad passed, I lost one of my childhood best friends, Lainey. And I remember her mom sharing something on Facebook that essentially said, like, when someone that you love has died, people around you will try not to bring them up because they think that it'll upset you. But really, it's more upsetting when you're around people and it feels like they've forgotten the person that you love. Yeah, I'm kind of guilty of that to where I'm like should I not say anything or bring this person up because everyone around me like in this house is devastated and permanently affected by it but we're never not thinking about it and it's so much nicer to share stories or tell a joke and think of all the positive times and the happy times than it is to like go about life pretending like he didn't exist or it didn't happen, you know, cause it's just not true. Yeah. And it's it, never not on my mind or not on my family's mind, I'm sure. So it took, it took me a while, but, um, I go try and visit my grandma pretty, uh, consistently. Yeah. And it took me, I just probably say after losing John was mm-hmm. where I had the, wherewithal to kind of ask her about my grandpa yeah ask her more and i'm sure she and loves I, I got, to talk I got to about learn it so much yeah and exactly I have, I, every time i talk to her I, I get to like build this whole new history and i got to do the same thing not to brag uh <laughs> with my dad on father's day this nice. year um where i got to talk to him about how he met my mom and yeah. i realized i never really heard his side of the story yeah because i was i didn't grow up with him mm-hmm. in the house all the time 
Yeah. You know, my parents went through two different separations when I was growing up. So when I was a really young horse. kid, horse, <laughs> really young kid, he was, I only saw him on weekends. And yeah. then um, when I was a teenager, I only saw him once a month, you know, so yeah. there was this like, uh, this idea of the stories I've learned that only exist on my mom's side yeah. and I got to get his perspective and it's so fun to hear something like a memory or someone's story mm-hmm. that is like he just came alive and told it so well and you can tell that and you he, don't get to fact check because it already happened and, and it's it their story. Even, and, and, and it's like, there's funny parts yeah. and like, like, you know, and I learned what kind of truck he used to drive mm-hmm. when he was, uh, would do like freight, um, diesel truck, I don't know, semi trucks or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I think like you gotta, you, if someone has information about someone that only they know, mm-hmm. figure it out, pull it out of them. You gotta yeah. ask them. I, I, I would love to talk to my sister about John yeah. too. I, yeah. You know, not in front of her boyfriend, obviously. Well, that's what but. I was going to say. It's kind of, that's a hard situation. Um, and of, and of course, like I said, everyone's going to be different. Maybe some people, it's just too hard for them to think about stuff. Like you never know, but I find more often than not, you're never not thinking about a Your person that yeah. you lost which is horrible because that's kind of how life works. You just keep losing people. And so it's like, damn, like I'm, I've lost him and now I have to go through the rest of my life having lost him. And it's just always going to be on my mind. That's okay though. Cause it's gotta be, but talking about him is so nice. And like, same with your dad. I love to ask my dad stories about his childhood like I remember driving through Santa Barbara with him and him telling me all about his high school days and playing music with his friend Mitch in the like um what do you call those things parking garages because of the acoustics and being at the park and just all all kinds of stories and working at the record store and seeing Joe Walsh and going to a party with Joe Walsh and all like I loved hearing my dad tell stories and same with my mom I love hearing my mom's stories and it's so fun to ask her about my grandparents on her side her parents because they both passed away before I was born and I mean, obviously for a majority of my life I didn't ask her because I didn't know to ask her yeah but I I have learned so much to the point where I feel like a connection with like my you know those grandparents, person, yeah. even though I don't. And it's also made me understand and, and it's appreciate these, my mom. These more. people are normal like we are. Yeah, they they do things that we go, oh shit! I probably or maybe you'll hear something, something yeah. and you're gonna go, oh my god, I'm going through that right now. And then you mm-hmm. have that wisdom, you can pull it out and you yeah. can apply it to yourself and you can follow some sort of path and you yeah. or maybe not make the mistake they made or maybe correct a mistake you're making or you know I really I love that yeah that variety of life so much and me too and just to see like people kind of come to life getting to talk about 
yeah. something they only know and something that might just die with them. So gotta yeah. be careful. I th- <laughs> Even, I mean, like the times that you've talked to my grandpa and you've asked him about like the military and he lights up. I mean, we know he doesn't care to have a conversation that much. Yeah. Especially with me. Oh yeah. Um, it's pretty fucking brutal. Yeah. But the times where you've asked him or even that time that you and Justin were over at the house and you guys were talking about cars and the military and all of that, he was lit up. So I remember excited. like he was so happy like, and he probably could have talked and forever. Nice and fucking yeah. can do this. Where's this guy been my yeah. whole life? And it sucks because my grandma could be that way too. And she was a fun storyteller. And I remember, I mean, just a couple years ago, sitting in the living room with my grandmother and my grandfather and them, you know, simultaneously telling stories. Unfortunately, she's given up on talking. Um, I, that bums me out because I can see like when I say things and we like look at each other. And she yeah. Goes, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. So, but it's so fun. Anyways, all to say, I believe the best thing that you can do for a friend who is going through the grieving process and just lost someone very important to them is to ask them questions about that person so they can tell stories that they love to share about that person and share good memories and relive it and and it just feels good and it feels good that someone cares because it makes you feel like another person cares about a person that you really love. Yeah. It, it's really validating and makes, makes you happy in spite of losing them. Yeah. There was this movie I watched uh, when I was probably 15, 16 years old and it really crushed me. It really tore me up because I was not on good terms with my dad mm-hmm. in that portion of my life. And it was called, uh, I, one it was kind of a wordy title i think it was uh when did you last see your father oh and that sounds sad it it was really sad and it bummed me out and it made me kind of like reflect and just hope that one day like the dynamic between my dad and i would eventually reconnect and strengthen yeah and, I'm I'm really thankful it has because the dad I've known is not the same person Mm -hmm. and I've gotten to know many different versions of this same human. Yeah. There was the dad when I was, you know, a little kid, there was a dad when I was a teenager and there was a dad when I was a young adult and there was a dad now that I'm you know closing in on 30 yeah so that's a totally different dynamic and absolutely i would i would hate to not have the depth of history and personality and just any of that with him yeah you've done such a a good job i remember when we first started dating and that was such a big concern for you is not having a relationship with your parents 
I remember specifically you always said like I'm just really scared that my one of my parents is gonna die and I'm not gonna have any like happy memories with them more specifically your mom I think that was the case because I know you had happy memories from childhood with your dad um and you I just think have done such an amazing like that's a lot of work to repatch your relationship with people but especially parents because they're your parent and I think that feeling let down by them or having a strained relationship is a really difficult and serious thing and it takes work from both of you but as a kid it's easy to be like you know fuck you yeah it's It's, so easy yeah of course like I mean you see it all the time um I was giving my mom a hug today when I was leaving and I remember there was a number of years where I didn't hug her at yeah. all living in the same house with her like that yeah. was not happening. You guys wouldn't even talk Fuck sometimes. No. Like yeah. it was so awkward and it was so weird to me because I, I never had that type of relationship. And then it, it was weird to me because <laughs> yeah, you text your mom every hour every day. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me I'm like why the fuck won't she leave you alone? Yeah. Or why won't you leave her alone or vice versa? Yeah. Or you know, cause I'm like, that's way too much communication. <laughs> Even now I'm like, my mom texts me. She's like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. And I was like, it's been a week. What are you talking about? Like, give me some space lady. You're crazy. <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, so that's, a that's another. Yeah. But it, <laughs> it's some, been cool to watch you like get to know your parents and, and form these whole new relationships with them and really great relationships. And I've really appreciated getting to know both of them as well. Well, I can thank you in part of that because, uh, uh, one night, um, I came home, uh, after I'd thrown this burrito and I was on acid and I was really upset. And I think that was like a pivotal moment. It'd be kind of a pivotal moment for me and my mom. You're welcome. <laughs> it's Thank the least you. I could do. I appreciate it. It's, it was actually the plan all along. I, you really are. A saint? Yeah, if if only. Well, I am. <laughs> <sighs> That's a story for another time. Mm, mm-hmm. I feel that, that it has been told on here, has it not? I'm pretty sure it has. I don't know. Maybe we've, someone will We've ask. probably said all the ex- exact same shit on another episode. Yeah, but there's people who are just listening for the first time. I know. I'm kidding. You know, I mm-hmm. hope. I hope I have a new listener. Jesus. I've been kind of slowing down on the episodes. That's okay. What, that's what, one, hey, one difficult you, thing uh, about having a full-time to, job. Yeah, and I'm not supposed to talk to the, the audience, but if any of you are out there listening... And you have an apartment or a house that you want to give us yeah, for $200 a month. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Um, we're, we're here even and we're 300 ready. 300 each would be 600. Even, oh man. Remember when we paid $600 each? Yeah. I would do apartment? that again in a heartbeat. Oh, that'd be, that was amazing. Yeah. But no roommate. Cause I would uh, strangle and murder a roommate. Yeah, we're, we're ready to live on our own. Oh, We've man. never gotten an opportunity to do that. Well, I wonder what it's like to live on our own. I think literally probably so sexy. I was going to say probably pretty fucking sexy. Were you going to? I was like, I was going to say six (laughs) months in, you're literally walking into like just an, I'm pregnant. What? 
I said, you said six months in and I said, I'm pregnant. No, six months in, you're just going to be walking into this like beautiful space of artistic self-expression and orgy. Ooh, sounds, and, and, cho- and little Lola. Yeah. And little Lola, little Chihuahua, little, little Chihuahua. Little chicken girl. Yeah, but. um. Shout out to a real estate agent out there. <laughs> yeah, shouts out to you. Thanks for all your hard work. No, but really, I'm like, it's not happened yet, and it's not an easy thing to achieve currently, especially in California. But I'm choosing to look at it in a way where it's something we haven't been able to do yet, and I'm really, really, really looking forward to when you and I live together just you and me and chicken mm-hmm. i think it's going to be super fun and I, I think there's going to be a lot of even more growth oh, and I, like closeness i can only imagine yeah i can't wait to just be naked that mm-hmm. much of the day yeah clothes is clothes are weird i hate clothes yeah do clothes wanna, is weird do you want to live in a nudist colony do you think there's apartments there um no oh well. just like mud yurts Mud yurts. <laughs> That's what I imagine. All right. Um, let's wrap this up. Go have some tamales. Okay. Yes, we got to try our, my tamales. Not our tamales, my tamales. Cool. Um, congratulations on being sober. Uh, Thank I hope you, you've you had too. a lovely sober October. I have, and I hope you have too. Thank you. And for everyone listening that uh, likes stand up comedy, um, November 4th, I'm going to be at Stages in Lompoc. Woo! From That's where we met. That's where I met Kylie. That's where me and Kylie met. And spent happily ever after uh for one more for a year and then broke up and then got back together and then um spent the next seven or eight years together and now we're looking for an apartment um Uh, yeah i'm gonna be at a comedy show stages um first friday funnies at the at stages at stages lompoc 7 p.m or b square november 4th buy me a drink all right bye guys bye